Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> My dear friends, first of all, a blessed new year to all of you. I wish that the greatest wish I can give you is that our Lord takes away from us the things that are not good for our salvation and that he increases our, the virtues in us, especially the love of God. Oftentimes I've mentioned how our faith is misused by us. We don't usually use them fully. And so, for example, I, I give the example that it is as if our faith was a Ferrari that we have in our garage and that we only use in the second gear. You know, we never take it fully to the speed. Today, I want to speak of those points and especially of how we can prepare for feasts, for the feast days of the church. This is one of the things that we usually don't take advantage of. Every feast of the church has its own mystery, its own graces that it gives us. But we usually don't take advantage of that because we don't prepare for it. It happens that before the holiday, we are engaged in, you know, social events or work or office or who knows what other chores. And when the day comes, I realize I haven't thought about it at all. I see this even as a priest. I can be too busy and at the day, at the feast day, I realize I haven't prepared for it. It is important to, le to learn how to prepare because it's a world of difference. And I can speak of this, I guess because I have lived both sides, whether you, you're not prepared at all, or where you're prepared very well in the monastery. Thankfully, we had the chance to prepare for holidays very, very well. You prepare by, as well, I would say, some meditations, you know, prayers, novenas, things like that. And if you come to a feast day, to a holiday, having thought about it, having prepared your soul, the hymns that they sing, ring a bell to you, you realize how they mean something for the feast day. The sermon of the priest is familiar to you. You're already thinking of the mystery. Sometimes it even happens that you think to yourself, oh, Father could have said this and he missed it. The liturgy, the words that you read in the Missal make a lot of meaning to you and it gives you some special graces when you read the Introit or the Gospel or the Post-Communion. In short, the Mass is filled for you. And not only the Mass, even after the Mass, when you continue with your day, the mystery is still in your head, and you enjoy that a lot. That's why the Church would have in those days that you would have the feast days where you wouldn't work so that you could enjoy all these graces. One of the things that we used to do in the monastery, to put a short story here, um, and this is something I recommend to parents, on feast days, have a special meal you know, like a nice meal. So in the monastery, we would eat, you know, Lenten meals every year or all day every year. But on the feast days, on the, like today, for example, we would get chilaquiles or, you know, something that was very tasty for us. One day we were preparing the meals. We prepare them beforehand. Then we go up to pray to the church and then we come down to eat our meals. But we had nine cats and no windows. So one day we had a great meal. I had prepared it. I come down with all the monks. You have to be silent, obviously. You're in a procession walking, and I see a cat enjoying my meal before I do. I did not care. That was a good meal. It was a, ho a holiday. I put out the cat, and I ate it anyways, because that was the only plate we had. 
things like that made a, make a holiday very special for you. Today, I want to give you three things that you can do to prepare for feast days so that you can spiritually get more profit from them. The first one is the one that we're, we're all familiar with, praying a novena. Uh, that novena can be a specific novena, or it can just be a devotion. For example, for today, January 1st, one could prepare by praying a novena of the litany of the name of Jesus. You can choose any prayer, any de devotion, but just the fact that for nine days you are expecting the feast, you're al already having some expectation of it, that makes a big difference. Another one, the obvious one, would be penance, to do also some kind of fasting, some sort of mortification. And this, with this, I would like to join something that is necessary if you want to enjoy these graces, and that is to separate yourself from the world a little bit. You know, if I know that there is this feast day coming up, I want to prepare my soul as best as I can. Well, I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to listen to the news or the music. I'm going to try to be a little bit at calm, at peace, so that God can speak to me. To give you one very quick notion here. It makes a world of difference if you come to Mass listening to the news or whatever in the car or music than if you come to Mass silently, praying, listening to holy music. It's just a half an hour, maybe one hour that you have there, but that is already disposing your soul. So the second point is that, to separate ourselves from the world. And the third point is the most useful one, and it is to meditate on the feast state, to think about it, think what's coming up. I want to focus on this one, and today let's do this practice together. Let's try to think, how would I meditate on the feast day of the circumcision? It's a little bit to prepare, a little bit late, I should say, to prepare. We're already here. But it's a good way to learn how I can dispose myself. When you're meditating on a feast day to learn about it, there is five questions that you could ask yourself. We're going to go over them very quickly. The first one is the obvious one. Let's say that it's not January 1st yet, but I'm preparing for the holiday. The first thing that I need to ask myself is, what am I going to celebrate on this day? Well, I know that I'm going to celebrate the first time that our Lord shed blood. That means the beginning of our redemption. I know that I'm going to celebrate the name of Jesus. That was the first time where we had the name of Jesus officially. I know that I'm going to celebrate, although it's not part of the liturgy, but I'm going to celebrate also, ask God for his blessings for the new year coming up. So I know these three things. The second question is, why should I be excited about this? How is this feast day special for me? Why should it make me cheerful? It is a holiday. It is a feast day. And well, we, you can go through those three points. First, the name of Jesus. This is a perfect opportunity for me to give thanks to God that I have been given the holy name of Jesus. What a beautiful thing. Before this day, I didn't have this name. If I was tempted, I couldn't call upon the name of Jesus. I didn't have it. If I was dying... I couldn't say the name of Jesus over and over to cleanse my sins, to ask for forgiveness, to obtain indulgences as well. This powerful name that casts away the devil, that casts away temptation, that gives me strength, that comforts me when I'm sad, I got it today. 
So that's one thing that I should be excited about. Also today was, as I said, the first time that our Lord shed his blood. Why should I be excited about that? Because it was the beginning of my redemption. I'm going to go to Mass on January 1st to celebrate and give thanks to God that on this day he forgave my sins for the first time. This was the first time when our Lord came down to head to earth and he shed his blood to begin the forgiveness, our redemption. And I should be happy about that. I should be excited. I should give thanks to God. And I've been giving a new year. I'm going to go to Mass on January 1st to tell our Lord, thank you for giving me more time. Thank you for this new opportunity to practice virtue, for giving me more time to get rid of my vices. So you see, all these motives to be excited about January 1st, and so when the day comes, you know what you're coming to do here. I already kind of touched on the third question. The third question would be, why should I be thankful about this feast? What do I have to give thanks to God? And well, I covered these things already. So we have gone through three things that we can meditate for a feast day. What am I celebrating? Why should I be excited? Why should I be thankful? The next two questions that I can think of are related to my life. When I think, for example, of the circumcision of our Lord, the mystery that we celebrate today, I must think of the past in my life and the future to come. The past I can think, how is this affecting my past life? Or how, how have I reacted related to this mystery? When I think, for example, of the name of Jesus that we celebrate today, how many times have I said the name of Jesus in vain? How many times I have been disrespectful to our Lord? How many times I haven't used this name? I was tempted and I never called upon the name of Jesus. I was sad, distressed, depressed, and I never called upon his holy name. Again, is that Ferrari? I never use it. So I can think of that in my past life. I can think of our Lord shedding his blood for the first time as a tender baby, eight, eight days old. And he sheds his blood on one of the most sensible parts of the body, sensitive parts of the body. And I can think to myself of my past life and how often I've sinned. How often I've sinned of, of perhaps sins of the flesh. And how I should be sorry for my sins because that caused our Lord to suffer, even as a tender baby. So I look at my past life. But then, my dear friends, as you come to Mass on January 1st, the most beautiful meditation that you can have is, how is this feast day going to affect my future life? How can I be better? And here I think of all the virtues that are proposed on this feast day, of the examples that are given to us by the saints, by our Lord. And I can say, for example, today on the feast day of the circumcision, I will make the resolution to use more and well the name of our Lord. I'm not going to say it in vain. I'm going to say it properly, prayerfully, but I'm going to say it frequently, constantly. Temptation comes, my Jesus, help me. I get sad or angry about something, my Jesus, have mercy on me. I have to practice some virtue that is difficult, my Jesus, give me strength. And I use his holy name. I can think also 
my Lord shed his blood for the first time today as a baby. Today, on the feast day of the circumcision, that we celebrate this mystery, I will make a resolution to try to stay away from sin. There is this or that occasion of sin. I'll take it away from my life. There is this vice that I fall into constantly. I'll make a resolution today to begin every day fighting against it. And you can name it. I can see the example of humility that our Lord gives us. I can see the example of obedience that our Lord gives us. And I can think of all these things to take advantage of this feast. So my dear friends, five things that we can do to meditate, five questions. What are you celebrating? Why should that be exciting to you? Why should you be thankful for that? How does this feast affect my past life? And how should it affect my future life? To end the sermon today, I want to give you another thing that we could do during this year that would make our lives so much better. And that is to work on the presence of God, trying to keep the presence of God in our lives. But I don't say the presence of God in a way, in a vague manner, that we could think of God as a spirit present in our lives. But today I want to emphasize to you rather have the presence of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. The presence of the person of our Blessed Mother in your life. Constantly, frequently, throughout the day. If we were to do this, we would live with so much peace, joy, and love that we could never imagine. I want to give you a couple of stories of the saints. I'm sure most of you are familiar with St. John of the Cross. St. John of the Cross was a very severe monk in the eyes of many people. He was the helper of St. Teresa of Avila. He's famous because in the first monastery that he established, they put human skulls in many places in the monastery and crosses. They had nothing else but human skulls and crosses. So this was John of the Cross, the severe monk. One Christmas, he went to visit the Carmelite sisters and he always had the presence of Christ in his life. They gave him a baby Jesus, sort of like this one, to hold in his arms. Well, he starts seeing the baby Jesus, and he starts, his heart starts swelling up with love of God. And a few minutes later, the sisters come out and they see this monk dancing around the monastery with the baby Jesus to the, the Spanish way, turning back and forth and just singing out loud. If love is going to kill me, now is a good time. And he was just singing and singing and dancing. That's the kind of joy that we get when we have our Lord present. St. Bernard, St. Bernard used to say, unless in your conversation the name of Jesus comes up, it doesn't mean anything to me. It has no taste to me. I have no interest. If we're talking and the name of Jesus doesn't come up, it all means nothing. And they would say that, I think it was him, that every time that he said the name of Jesus, he would get a, a, a flavor of honey in his mouth. And people would notice because he would lick his lips, you know, whenever he would say the name of Jesus. And I want to give you one interesting one to finish with the examples. Sor Josefa Menendez. Josefa was a, a, a sister from Spain. She's from recent times. We have photos of her. And she was peculiar because our Lord appeared to her very frequently. One day in the morning, our Lord appears to her, and he says to her, Josefa, 
I'm going to be with you all day today. She gets shocked and she says, well, Lord, thank you. Okay, okay. Then it started getting weird for her because she would go and do the laundry and she's doing the laundry and our Lord is standing next to her, just watching her. And then she goes and starts cleaning the kitchen and our Lord is just standing there next to her. And she would try to say some prayers, but you know, you can only have focus on one thing at a time. This went on for several days. And at one point she just told our Lord, she said, this is the part that I like because you see how saints are human too. She turned to our Lord and she says, Lord, this is too much. I can't focus on my work. You're distracting me. I'm trying to do my stuff and you're like here standing next to me. I, how can I put attention to both you and the work? And our Lord took that to heart and he disappeared and didn't show up for a couple of days. And Josefa was devastated. She was crying, begging for forgiveness. Lord, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. You know, you can be here with me all the time. And our Lord appeared to her and he said to her, Josefa, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for all the people that will know of this because I want them to know that I am present in their lives and that when they are sweeping, I'm there. And when you are working in the shop, in fixing a car, I'm there. When you're feeding the horses, I'm there. When you're flipping burgers, I'm there. The examples I'm putting them, but he said basically the same thing. And that's what I want to leave you with today. During this year, have holy pictures, have a holy image, have some special devotion throughout the day. When our Lord is not present just in the morning and in the evening, and you say like Josefa, Lord, you're too distracting, get away from here. But instead you say to our Lord, be around me. I might not be able to put all the attention that I would wish on you, but be next to me and I will be next to you and I will keep you next to me throughout the whole time. During this year, I give you these two resolutions then that I suggest. One is prepare for the holidays of the church that you can receive all that wealth that the church gives you in its liturgy, in the hymns, in the prayers, in the sacraments, and try to keep the presence of God, not vaguely, but the presence of the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ and the humanity of our Blessed Mother. And may God give you this year a holy and blessed new year. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.